The objective is to tell well in advance to the program what is expected in order for us with the program to arrive to a collective success. And that's really the objective. Hey, Space Watchers, this is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. On the third day of the EU Space Week in October 2022 in Prague, I spoke with Philippe Bertrand, the chair of the Security Accreditation Board of the European Union Agency for the Space Program, EUSPA. Later on, Philip will refer to the board just as SA. We spoke about his position, the setting within EUSPA and the responsibilities he and the board have. I'm Thorsten, publisher of Spacewatch.global. Enjoy this conversation. Philip, great to meet you and great to talk to you. Can you please tell us what your role and your responsibilities as a chair of the Security Accreditation Board is? Because it sounds very, very interesting. Thank you. The Security Accreditation Board is a board composed of member states in charge to take decision on all EU space program components. So Galileo, EGNOS, Copernicus, GovSatcom, SSC. Uh, on tomorrow, the SAB should be in charge to take accreditation decision on uh, EU secure connectivity. The decision we take are uh, typically decision on approval to launch, approval to operate the system in the different configuration, or approval for service declaration. And what is specific to the SAB is composed of member states taking decision by consensus, fully independently of the European Commission on EU SPA. The SAB at the end look at the security risk and assess the security assurance, which means that finally we provide assurance to the program and to the user interested by secure services that the security assurance is achieved. But how independent can you act as a staff member of USPA working in, as you said, independent for the member states or aren't you employed by USPA? Alors, I'm not employed by USPA. I'm 100% SAP chair. The SAB members are not employed by USPA. We have in USPA under SAB supervision, so a department, which is the Security Accreditation Department. And as per regulation, a specific organization has been put in place in order to ensure a Chinese wall between this department and the rest of the agency. It is our duty, as per the regulation, to be fully independent. And it's the reality today. And so that's the way it works. So that means you interact direct with your counterparts in the member states. Yes, in fact, every member state are, uh, has designated uh, sub-members. Okay. We meet every two, three months where we discuss. We receive from the program a proposal to take decision. So we have our own process. And we define what we call security acquisition strategy to explain how we achieve an important decision. And based on that, we define the accreditation schedule when and what the program has to provide to us to build the case in order for us at the end to say yes or no, or yes if you do something. Typically, to give an example, next week and in December, we will define the accreditation condition for PRS IOC, which is a very important political milestone, which was recalled at the beginning of the conference by Thierry Breton. Uh, the What does a PRS uh, stand for? 
Leur pire essai aussi, it's the next milestone before FOC, full orbital capability, you have IOC. En IOC, it's a very important milestone for the users because all the characteristics of PRS will be put in place. What you will just miss is few satellites. It should be in 2024. And we prepare today how we can achieve this milestone in order to give the, as much as possible anticipation to the program to reach this milestone and provide security assurance. As you said, you're acting independent. Was there a case that you declined a request for someone to join with a device or with a system? Alors, it happened, uh, we declined the request, but that's not at all the objective. And the objective is to tell well in advance to the program what is expected in order for us with the program to arrive to a collective success. And that's really the objective. You mentioned it's set by the member states. Now we have ESA, we have the different European organizations that are also actors in space. How do you interact with countries that are not EU member states but still in Europe and also involved in the European ecosystem, namely Switzerland, Norway, UK? We have a Norway participating to the SAB, since years. What is really important is that the SAB is not in charge to define policies. For example, the need to know of Norway, the need to know which should be applied to Switzerland or other countries, it's not for the SAB to decide. So we ask Commission, because Commission is in charge to develop the appropriate agreement and so on. So we always check with Commission the need to know with regard to the different topics we addressed for the non-EU member states. The security accreditation you guys provide are for critical mission services, for civil critical mission services, I assume. So from there to dual use to defense-related services, it's not a very long jump. So in the light of the current aggression of Russia, what kind of new services are you foreseen to implement? Now, there is no direct link between uh, invasion of Russia and new services. The services to be deployed are defined by uh, EU for the regulation. The only thing we may see is that uh, Russian invasion helps perhaps uh, the European citizens to understand the reality of threats in a complex world. It may uh, be more understandable how security is important for uh, such strategic programs like Galileo, Egnos. Tomorrow, Copernicus, you secure connectivity. So there is no link with invasion on program definition. It's just that it's clear that we are in a complex and dangerous world. We see a situation that with the current active threats, we are able to talk about defense application more often and more widely, or even to parties that decline to talk about defense applications in the space for a very long time. But now it's a sad reality. Now, yes, it's, it's clearly a reality. First of all, we have had in the defense domain the strategic compass uh, approved last year, which addressed space activity. We have Open Defense Fund developing cooperation in Europe, uh, supporting the development of cooperation in Europe, including in space, with, for example, the global objective to integrate uh, PRS into uh, armament system in Europe or to develop uh, space surveillance awareness in connection with uh, USST. 
It's very clear that we more and more see the duality of space and the fact that all this program may serve the civilian application and military application. That's where we are, and we should have a huge defense and space strategy to come next year. So it's, it really demonstrates that, again, security is useful for all users. Not just useful, I think it's absolutely needed. You mentioned EUST a minute ago. How far will your services be involved in EUSST, GAFS.com, or the upcoming secure connectivity? Your services can be applied also for these programs? Now we have a duty as per regulation to be the accreditation authority for all these programs. As an example, we discussed GovSatcom Network in the in Security Accreditation Board. We are just waiting that secure connectivity is really materialized to start the discussion in detail. But obviously, we have already that in mind when we think about the, the different program components. Let me finish with a short question and potentially a very easy one. What are the biggest challenges you or the board sees right now or faces right now? There is the first challenge is explosion of activity. EU space program are developing a lot. We have all these new services in Galileo, and then we have Galileo Second Generation, Egnos V2, Egnos V3. We mentioned GovSatcom, Copernicus. We have EU Secure Connectivity. It's huge. So it's really a big challenge for the Security Accreditation Board, the member states, and the Security Accreditation Department I'm, I'm managing. And that's the first thing. The second thing, which is certainly interesting, is that all these components will interconnect more and more in the future. And that's a challenge. And the last thing is that we should always consider that what is very essential is the users. And a user, in particular a governmental user, don't want just a decision one day. What he would like is that to be sure that 10 years after, he has still the security assurance. So it is really a critical activity on which we have to be very good to give all confidence to the users that at the end, we can rely on the space component as much as needed, even if it's in 10 years in a difficult crisis situation. How many people do you have in the department to fulfill all these tasks? Alors, uh, in the department, we have currently 17 people. We have to add, in terms of human resources, the human resources provided by the member states. Uh, not only at SAB, but we have a technical panel where they can come. We have an intention to perform audit with the support of member states and SADEP. And obviously, we will need to grow because activity is growing, so we will need to grow in the years to come. Thank you very much for your time and good luck for the upcoming challenges. Thank you very much. And if you want to stay on the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Greening, publisher at spacewatch.global, your independent perspective on space. <laughs>